listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. You, you see my hat right here? I'm just getting to focus. Do, do you see the hat? Right, right over here? It says, All Star. Now, admittedly, admittedly, I did buy this hat specifically for R.J. Barrett because I did want R.J. Barrett to be the one to get an All-Star vote this year, and I was going to wear the hat, you know, in honor of him. However, I am very proud to say that I'm wearing this New York Knicks hat right now for All-Star for two players, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. They have been going off. The Knicks right now are 21 and 18. We're not 21 and 18 without Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. They have been playing phenomenal basketball. Randle started off a little slow to start the season, was chucking up a couple of shots. Didn't seem like he knew where he was in the offense a little bit because he was taking so, so less shots than he did last year. But he found his stride. He found his way. Playing with Brunson helps. And you can clearly see it. Why does playing with you, with Jalen Brunson help? Jalen Brunson is an impact player. What I mean by impact player, he's a tone setter. When he gets the ball in his hands, you stop worrying so much. Because you know he's a maestro. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to get the team in a better position, whether that means penetrating, being the mid-range assassin that he is because he's shooting over better over than 50% from the uh, mid-range, which is amazing, but not surprising given the fact that that's what he does. But that's what Jalen Brunson can give you consistently. He can shoot the threesome as well too. So he gives you that as a threat. But his driving, his craftiness inside is what really separates him from anybody else. It's his ability and his IQ in those key moments to make key adjustments that makes his game so fluid. That's why he's crafty. Jalen Brunson, without a doubt, if you had to choose one person from the Knicks today to become an all-star, that person would be Jalen Brunson. Just because as an impact player, a tone setter, he has been phenomenal. The best free agent signing of this past season has been Jalen Brunson, and it's not even close. That's why, in my opinion, Jalen Brunson deserves the nod ahead of Julius Randle for all-star voting, if we're talking about that. But is it, is it a rule we can't have to? Now, I know it's the Knicks, and I know it's hard, and I get all of that. But who's to say? The Knicks can't get two All-Stars. Because if we want to take an overview look at it, Julius Randle currently for the season is averaging 24.2, 10 rebounds, three assists, close to four assists, 3.8 actually, 
And he has a true shooting percentage of 58.6%. That's pretty good. Let's go over to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson for the season thus far has 20.8 points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 6.5 assists, with a true shooting percentage of 56.8%. Not an all-star? Okay. Let's um let's let's zoom in a little bit. Let's look at the last five games. So over the last five games, Julius Randle has averaged 31.6 points, 14 rebounds, and 5.2 assists. That's not all-star level. Jalen Brunson over his last five games, 20.8 points, 8.8 assists, 4.2 rebounds. All-star? But yet, when the fan voting comes out yesterday, and I'm looking at it, the only Nick that's on the list with about 220,000 votes is Derrick Rose. Shout out to Derrick Rose, a legend for everything he's done. Respect. But Derrick Rose does not deserve to be there over Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. You want to hear something even more asinine? From the Brooklyn Nets, Nick Claxton is in voting over Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Are we... That's a fucking joke. You're, there is no way you're going to sit here and tell me that Nick Claxton is even remotely on the same level as a Jalen or Julius Randle, especially how they're playing this season. It's kind of ridiculous. And I'm not taking away anything from Nick Claxton, who's having a good season this year, but he's by no means having a better season thus far than those two players. It is criminal. But I can't blame the media. So who am I going to blame? Y'all. Not every one of y'all, but most of y'all. We're not voting. We have one of the best fan bases in the world. The Knicks Twitter account, the official one, is followed by 2.4 million people. Even if half of those people aren't Knicks fans. That means you got at least a million people who are Nick fans and you can't vote. You can't even attempt to vote. You don't even have to fill out all of the voting criteria. Get the NBA app or go on the NBA.com website. Make your all-star selection vote after you log in with your NBA account, which is a five second thing to do if you don't have an account. And then as you Walk to the bathroom, get out of the bathroom, walk to work, drive to work, and you're parking, or whatever the case may be, or you're at a stoplight. Take your phone out and vote. You can do it in intervals. Vote at one stoplight. Then when you get to the next one, you know, put another player. And then when you're done, submit it. It's ridiculous. Knicks have one of the strongest fan bases in the country. We're worldwide. And we have only Derrick Rose to talk about. For fan voting for All-Star, we should be ashamed, Nick fans. Ashamed. This is not, this is not okay. We got to fix this. Get out there and vote. 
vote for my guys. I need Julius and I need Jalen with all stars. I need it next to their names. So I need y'all to get out and vote. Vote.nba.com. Go vote. So we talked about him briefly, and I want to go back to him again. Because he deserves all the flowers. Let me be clear. Last year, I said to everybody who would listen, Julius Randle ain't it. He had that one great year. He was probably not going to do it again. He looked out of place last year, out of sorts. He looked like something was going on with him. I thought maybe it was just regression of play because, you know, empty arena versus crowded arena. Maybe that matters. I don't know. So there's a lot of things going on, a lot of narratives. I was up there with it. And I'll, I'm here to take it. Because here's the thing about takes, everyone. When you give a basketball take, I don't care who you are, you're always 50-50. You might be closer, you think, but you don't know what's going to happen. You could be right, you could be wrong. What I think is the most respectful thing to do is when you did, did something like that, to come out, say that you did it, and then you can change your take. Because guess what? You're not married to your take, guys. If Randall sucked last year and you said it, good. He did, and you called it like you saw it. If you're telling me this year he doesn't and he's an all-star, good. You're right. He's not doing what he did last year. He's being more of a leader, a team player. He's doing the things you want him to do. He's playing on both ends of the floor, maybe not as consistently on defense as we all would like him to, but he is absolutely playing both sides of the floor. It's the reason his plus-minus is one of the highest on the team. It's the reason his plus-minus was his second best tied with Grimes when we played the, the Spurs last game. Brunson having the highest. There is something to be said about what Julius Randle is doing this season. And I think the man deserves praise. I killed him. Most of the timeline did. Most of Nick's Twitter did. Most of Nick's fandom did. We all hated Randle for what he was doing. Admittedly so. But he's turned it around. And the funny part was, I think a lot of us were saying in the summer that if Julius Randle absolutely turned it around, played and showed what he could do with his effort more than his mouth and his voice and his actions in terms of like thumbs down and things like that, that the fan base would welcome him back, would love him again. January 6, 2022. You got the thumbs down from Julius, boot out of MSG. January 3rd, 2023. MVP. 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 This man is getting MVP chance a year after he does a thumbs down in the garden. That is growth. That is what we need. Listen, you can hate him, you can love him, but by any means, he has proved to me that last year he made a mistake. He's come back this year in the best shape of his career putting on some of the best games of his career, playing some of the best basketball of his career, putting up some of the most elite numbers from power forwards in the league. Whether your opinion is get his value up and trade him or keep him as a building piece, whatever your prerogative is on it, guess what? Him doing what he's doing now only benefits you, no matter which side you're on. You can only be happy as a Knicks fan. And for people who are saying it's stupid to cry about our people not being in the all-star voting, that's just stupid. You don't want your players to be all-stars? 
is that type of thinking that makes people not want to vote. I don't care how old you are. It's not about being miserable. It's not about being upset. It's about what's right and what's wrong. Nick Claxton is not better than Julius Randle. God bless Jared Allen, but he's not having a better season than Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson. Those two should not be up there in favor of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. That's my gripe. It's not that if they were deserving, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's the fact that we both know, we all know, Randle and, and Brunson are having better seasons, so they should be there. And the fact that they're not is on us. We got to do better. Vote, vote, vote. I need them as all-stars, guys. I do. Okay, so I'm talking about right now some things that I like and things that I like to see and, you know, things like that, right? And there are still a lot of positives to look at. I mean, I love what Mitchell Robinson does when he's in the game uh, because I think he's a defensive presence that always alters shots. He's a great defensive mind when it comes to, you know, inside the paint where he needs to be blocking with his left or right hands. I mean, his timing on jump sometimes when he's about to block is pretty impressive. He, that doesn't mean he doesn't get faked or beat. He does, but he's getting better at it. And I think, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson absolutely deserves some type of looks for defensive player of the year. I'm not talking about in terms of winning it, but he should be in consideration because his impact on defense is that phenomenal. So I think we just have to take a step back and, and maybe take that into consideration. Might not be strong for this year, but he could be making a push. And if he keeps his play up and he keeps playing consistently, you never know what might happen. So let's wait and see what we get from Mitchell Robinson moving forward. But I think he's had a solid season thus far. I think he's had his best season of his career thus far. So let's see if he can keep it going and where we're at at the end of the season. I think Mitchell Robinson is doing very well. Uh, Deuce, Deuce McBride. Um, defensively, I like what I'm seeing. That's nothing new. Uh, for some reason, can always keep his defender in front of him, no matter how many screens he has to break through. It's amazing. So uh, Deuce is great. IQ, Emmanuel quickly. I read a report yesterday. I'm not going to say from whom because I can't verify the report. But I got a report yesterday from someone that told me that the Knicks value Emmanuel quickly to the highest regard now because of his recent play. And they're thinking of him as a building block and not a trade piece anymore. So he's not on the trade market from what I've heard. For me, what that means is somebody else might be. We already knew Reddish, we already knew Rose, we already knew Fournier. But if you really want to make a quote-unquote massive move, like a move that makes you a better team immediately, Obi Toppin will probably have to be traded. Will he be traded? I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. Randall's playing like this. Obi's playing like he's been playing. I think the Knicks have already chosen to build about Julius Randall. And what that means is Obi Toppin is not going to be the guy that we all wish that he could be for this Knicks team. He's just not going to have the time to do it. He's averaging about 17, 18 minutes a night already when he was healthy. He's coming into the rotation now uh, off of injury. We saw what happened with Cam Reddish, healthy DNPs, situational. I assume Obi's going to be that same way. I hope Obi doesn't fall into that same favor as um, Reddish does. But at the same time, I can see it happening if he's going to be traded after all. So I don't know. But I know for a fact, I, if that happens, if Obi does see the floor again, uh, Sims is probably not seeing the floor again, which means we're going to have iHeart and Obi. Sounds okay, but I'd rather that be Obi and Sims, if I'm being honest, because I just love what Sims does. And I think Sims has 
played a little bit better, especially his impact on the floor, than Hartenstein has. Just my opinion, but I guess Hartenstein, he paid this money too. He does stretch the floor. He does give you some threes. Uh, does his you know little tip backs and all that stuff. So um, I can understand if that's the lineup as well, but you know, just giving my two cents on the matter. So again, there's a lot of things to look at for this Knicks team and be happy about to say, wow, you know, there are some good things happening. Let's get to some of those bad things. Cause we just got to look at it too. We have to look at both sides, right? So I just want to look at both sides here real quick. When we're talking about some of the bad things that the New York Knicks are doing right now, one of the major things, the main things is playing Evan Fournier over Cam Reddish. That's, that's dumb. Stupid doesn't make sense. Um, it never will make sense. And I saw Evan Fournier against the Spurs do a circle as he was defending. Like, not even like a circle around the court, a circle within his space. So within the five feet of space he gets by himself, he did a little mini circle trying to chase God knows what and luckily found his defender again when he turned around. No idea what happened there or what was going on, but yeah, that's what I saw. Fun, huh? Another thing that I'm not liking is these practice shots in the corner. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about those threes. Okay. The Knicks still offer a lot of those corner threes for free. We don't defend them or we're late to defend them or we're running late to them. And sometimes that happens because the other team is playing zone because of how well we're playing defense. And because, you know, you got Julius Randle going off. So, you know, the zone is only going to make so much sense to try to stop us from getting more points. They want to stop the bleeding. However, we were beating that zone uh, quite heavily. One of the issues I find, though, is that when we're getting beat, instead of, you know, allowing them to make the basket without the and one, we're fouling them and giving them the and one. We got to be smarter. Let's not foul people that are bigger than us, that we can't have position in front of. And more importantly, if we're going to foul them, let's make them feel the foul and not get the basket. It's so much worse when they do, when they barely feel the foul, they get fouled and they get the basket. Then you got to give them another one. Like, I don't want to see that, guys. I don't want to see our team, the squad that I love, do these type of things. We got to be smarter inside the paint. We guard inside the paint better than we guard the three-point line. So we have to be better in what we do there. But perimeter defense is a problem. We give corner threes almost no regard. So a lot of teams shoot them against us, and they make them. The Rockets are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. I think they're third worst. And they couldn't miss from three in the first quarter when we played them on, the, on New Year's Eve. They made their first two, I think, three minutes into the first. They're a young team. I get it. But we let that team shoot against us from three because we're not a great perimeter uh, defense in terms of what we do there. And we're not good in closing out on shooters that are in the corner there. We got to get better with that. Evan Fournier, I don't want to see him anymore. Get him off. I'm praying for my man RJ Barrett to come back so I can forget this nightmare of freaking Evan Fournier on my team i can't stand to see this man shoot i can't stand to see this man walk i can't stand to see this man laugh on the bench i can't stand to see this man do anything anymore in a knicks jersey get him off my team i need fournier gone don't want him don't need him never wanted him thank you very much 
that's one of the major things that the Knicks have been doing that has been pissing me the hell off. And I'm going to close this particular segment in terms of the things that's pissing me off with the Knicks with this last one here. Second quarter starting lineup against the Spurs. Fournier, McBride, IQ, Sims, Hartenstein. What the fuck are you doing? What is that? What what is that lineup? We went scoreless. Scoreless with that lineup on the floor for about five to six minutes. Mind you, I'm saying five to six minutes, not one to two minutes like normal coaches, because we got Tom Thibodeau on our bench who says, let's them let's let them ride it out. Let's see what happens. After we score nothing. For six minutes. Are you out of your mind? Never play that lineup again. Ever. That's the first thing. Second thing is, this is a coaching issue. You have a lineup out there that's not produced for six minutes. And it takes you six minutes to make subs. To make substitutions. I get you're trying to rush people. But if it's not working for six minutes, I'm going to wait in six minutes. Two plus, maybe, and that's it. We won 117 to 114 against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs, one of the worst teams in the league, youngest teams in the league, terrible on threes, terrible on defense. And we still allowed the game to be so close. That's an issue. It's a legit issue we let this game be way more close than it needed to be we play up or down depending on who our competition is that is that final thing that we do as a team that i just cannot get behind and i just don't like we got to do better. We got to come in focused. And we got to be committed to play for 48 minutes the Knicks-style basketball that got us that eight-game streak every single night. If we can do that, no matter who we face, we'll always give ourselves a shot. But right now, I'm not going to poo-poo on anything because let's keep it rolling. Three, baby. Three. The Knicks won eight straight in classic Knicks fashion, lost five straight, and then, of course, in another great Knicks fashion, have won the last three games. They are looking to take their fourth straight W against the Raptors on Friday night. That game, by the way, against the Raptors is going to be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, so don't forget to check that out. And make sure you're tuning in so you can watch the game and watch my man Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson do all-star level shit. Because they are all-stars. They're playing like all-stars and they deserve to be voted in the all-star games. That's basically my narrative for right now. Vote our guys to be all-stars because they deserve it. But going back to tonight, uh, the Raptors play the Knicks at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
uh, Friday, January 6th. So please make sure to watch that game because that game for me is very, very important. A lot of people don't think we're going to win that game. I think the Knicks are going to win that game. I think that game was circled. I think that we are embarrassed that we let Siakam come into our house and drop a career high. So I think in turn, Julius Randle is going to want to give him some payback. And so are this Knicks squad when they go to Toronto tonight and take them on. I see this being a very close game, obviously competitive, but I see the Raptors falling and I see the Knicks winning this close game and getting their fourth straight W. And a big reason for that is, is because the Raptors have been playing great basketball and there's talks internally that they're looking to blow it up and trade some significant pieces. Siakam, OG, Van Vliet, they've all been named. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else involved. I doubt Scotty Barnes is involved. Usually rookie of the years uh, in one year don't get traded the next. That's a little weird. So I doubt that happens. They'll likely want to build around Barnes, which makes a lot of sense. But as of right now, there are likely going to be some moves happening. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some fireworks come out of uh, Toronto. So keep an eye on that. And I can't wait again for the game uh, tonight. A quick update on R.J. Barrett. Uh, R.J. Barrett is still out for the game against the Raptors. Uh, no news if he's going to play against the Bucks on Monday. But as I know right now, he's not playing tonight's game against the Raptors. My young man, my budding star, freaking lacerated right index finger because of Luca Wolverine doctors. Man, fuck Luca, bro. Hurt my young boy, man. Fuck, man. And because of him, I got to see Fournier on my damn team playing god-awful minutes. I blame Luca for all of it. Thank you, Luca. You did this. Shaking my head. Ugh. Get better soon, RJ. The fan base misses you. We need you. Please return as fast as you possibly can. I can't only take so much Evan Fournier. Please, please come back fast. Uh, lastly, I want to uh, close out today's show by giving a shout out to Julius Randle's mom. So if you guys don't know about me and my account, what I do, yes, I create podcasting. Yes, I do videos as well, too. And I do some highlight videos as well. I create intros and those type of things, too. But one of my my passions is creating graphics. So if you guys follow me um, on the Twitter account at the Knicks Recap, either on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that I post a lot of graphics of our players that I create and, you know, different nuances and circumstances and whatnot. I do it, you know, for me because I love I love creating I love sharing that content and I love sharing it with the fans because you guys make me want to do it, given your reactions and how you act and look and all those things. It makes me want to do it more. So I appreciate all of you guys for the support you guys have given me on that platform as of late. But shout out to Julius Randall's mom. I was very humbled and honored that uh, she took the graphic I created for her son, Julius Randall, and shared it um, on her Instagram. And that was shared by New York Basketball um, on Twitter, who told me about that. So shout out to them. So she basically uh, reshared the graphic and told us in that post to vote for her son, Julius Randle, into the All-Star game. Very humbled by that. That stuff does not happen to me a lot. And uh, when it does, I just want to take some time out of my day to recognize it, acknowledge it, and just show my appreciation for that because it's really honoring for that to happen. So I really appreciate that. Shout out to Julius Randle. Shout out to Julius Randle's mom. Appreciate the love. And yes... Let's vote Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, our guys, 
into the all-star game. If you already have an NBA account, it's simple. It takes about 30 seconds to vote. You can only vote once a day anyway, so you don't have to keep on voting. And votes count times three for Friday, January 6th. So you need to vote. It takes 30 seconds. And your 30 seconds can make a difference in these two becoming all-stars or not. Please, guys, go out there and vote. I appreciate every single one of you guys rocking with me today. You've been watching the Knicks Recap Podcast. Again, thank you so much for the support, energy, and also the passion all of you Knicks fans give me no matter when I speak with you, whether it's on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on the streets. Just really appreciate all of the love and support. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Until next time, Knicks fans. Peace. All-star. All-star. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.